Hi, and welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, Jason, and you found a fun and secret time capsule from my baby son. Each episode, I sit down and chat with a special guest about friendships, pop culture, parenting, and whatever strikes my fancy. Really, the end goal is to make sure that when my son does eventually discover this, he's thoroughly embarrassed. In the meantime, I'm not quite sure where each episode or where the show is going, but getting there should be half the fun. Hello, uh, my name is Jason, and this is Half the Fun Podcast. I am super excited today that we're joined, uh, the first crossover event of this short podcast history, uh, with Virginia <laughs> from Passing Notes in Class. Uh, welcome to the show, Virginia. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here, and also, this is hilarious and weird. Uh, right? Right. <laughs> uh, I'm very excited. Like I am literally sitting in an old man robe in my basement. Allison is like diligently working on work after work, and Weston is like sleeping in his uh, little crib. So, and I am have just eaten pod thai. Lori is at work, so it's my like night to watch girly things and eat whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And then Mikey's sleeping on the couch because we went to the dog park. Oh, yeah. what's your closest one? Remind me. Magnolia. Oh, that is my automatic cat feeder you could probably hear in the Ooh, background. Ooh, oh, I thought you were like, like I made a joke and you had like a... A, a soundboard? <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Not yet. Not yet. It's going to become one of those like morning talk shows. <laughs> it's true. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, we were talking before I hit record um, about your podcast and I was really amazed about the volume of stuff. I haven't listened to episode one because I just wanted to ask you fresh like, uh, tell me a little bit more about your podcast and why uh, more about it. I'm just fascinated by how much you've been able to record. <laughs> yeah, it's been crazy. So we, Passing Those in Class started, we tried to, because our first episode is about Rocky Horror Picture Show, and we tried to have it come out right around Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I think we got pretty close, but we've we've recorded almost every week since about October, November. Mm-hmm. Which is insane because I have no, I have no commitment to anything. <laughs> well, I was, I was telling, uh, oh, my levels are all over the place. Uh, I was telling Allison that you, like, I always really admired how, like, I always feel like you had a project, whether that was taking dance lessons or, you know, yeah, part of a show. So I thought that was like a natural outgrowth of your cre- need <laughs> to create. My need to create. It is fun to have something that you can create that's kind of from your home, but also is still social. Mm -hmm. Because I think a big thing for me with my hobbies is I want to create something, but I don't want to just like sit by myself and paint or like, you know, do things completely on my own because part of my hobby is also my social life, which I think stems from being a theater kid. Right. And I feel like you are still, well, I can only talk to my, about myself, like being kind of an introvert too. Uh, I, I like, I don't need more things to like sit by myself and like just be <laughs> in my own head is something right. I don't need more of, especially having a child. Plenty of that. Yes. I am a hundred percent like, oh, I could go to a cabin in the woods and sit for like three days, not talk to another human and be perfectly content. It's true. We, you can, you can always, you are more than welcome to watch West for three days if you want that experience <laughs> in my house. All right. Once I get to my like introvert level 90, I'll come over and I'll just listen to the baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I, can I also assume, again, haven't listened to your pilot episode. Was it also just a fun way to like stay in touch with Krista? 
Yeah, it was, we kind of thought about it like, there's a there's a certain pop culture type things that we we repeatedly share with each other. Like if we see a meme about Rocky Horror, we see a meme about In Sync or or something from high school. Um, we're always sharing it, so we have these little pop culture things that we just love together. And Chris and I have like grown into very very different people since high school. And even in high school, we started kind of changing a lot. And we've known each other since sixth grade. So we thought it would be interesting if we like brought both of our kind of different personalities because, you know, she's super girly and into makeup. And by high school, I only hung out with dudes and I have no feelings. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I think perfectly exemplified by your most recent episode, which I did listen to, Extreme Makeover Edition. Oh, yes. <laughs> which was great. I uh, also enjoyed the photo of you post-makeover with uh, Virginia smiling, not smiling face. Right. I'm like, should I smile? Should I be really happy about this? <laughs> or like, what do you, what do you do? <laughs> I've never had a makeover before. <laughs> I was also really struck. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Like I, I listened to um, your 11, episode 11 about Dawson's Creek. Oh, yes. Which was a show I, I didn't really watch a lot of TV uh, as a child or as a teenager, except for like Star Trek which I will not bore you with. But uh, I have two comments about that episode that you recorded. One was having interact. One thing that's really weird to me as someone who interacts with high school students on like a month, like a daily basis, and you might see this too, is that high school students are actually really young. And whenever you watch them on TV, they're all portrayed by like 30 year olds. Yes. There's it's yes, very much so. Like, especially when I was in Korea and I was teaching kind of 15, 16 year olds, I was just like, man, these kids like just don't know anything. Granted it was all girls school. So they were maybe a little different than an American high school teenager, but they have these such adult storylines in all the like kids shows, teenage shows. Right. And I, I'm just like interacting. Well, granted, I'd have the privilege of like reading a lot of these students essays um, about what they care to share. And yeah, they, it run definitely runs the, the spectrum in terms of like really boring things that are still super <laughs> meaningful to them and dramatic, but also like super devastating things. Right. So, um, and, and I think in that episode, we talk about how, it seemed like in the 90s and 2000s, there was constantly a storyline about sleeping with a teacher. And that's I, so gross. Right? I feel like that would be a scandal where your teacher would be fired. Right? And they'd be like on the news. and <laughs> Right. Like Mary Kay Letourneau, who, I mean, White Center, right? So like not far from where you were. Right? Yeah. My so. other thing was, I think I totally know about which uh, IPE teacher you were talking about from college. <laughs> I will yeah. not name names, but uh, from what I remember, yes, all the women were really into this basketball playing. Um, Mikey is really good and quiet, except anytime I swear that the microphone comes out. <laughs> then he's like barks at everything and like gro groans constantly. Oh, okay. he's, he's just lonely that you're not that you're talking to ghosts, basically, is what he's... he's <laughs> he super... Mikey, he super freaks out when I'm editing sound if I don't wear headphones. <laughs> oh, no. He's like, I hear people here, but I don't see people here. <laughs> <laughs> he's not smart. Oh, my goodness. Um, and then the... To continue that conversation, yeah. So um, 
I don't even know what we're talking about. Dawson's Creek, uh, <laughs> wearing khakis. I like my strongest memory of like pop culture. And maybe you've already covered it. Was just the whole swing phase after that Gap commercial came out, where everyone was wearing khakis and swing dancing. Oh my gosh! And then like, yeah. like Squirrel Nut Zipper or Zoot Suit Riot, and like and all these like bands, ska bands that you will never hear of again. <laughs> right. And then like it, I feel like my junior my junior year, so I think it was a year your sophomore year. Yeah. Like it was it reached peak swing phase. Oh, oh it so was. It was ridiculous, and my my theater uh, class or our theater production was Midsummer Night's Dream, and we made it an entirely swing-themed Oh my God. Mashup. So, like, I was wearing a zoot suit. Um, everyone was swing dancing. It was, it was, it was peak mid-90s. Oh, that's, like, the most night. Like, they would make a teen movie where, you know, the drama kids were making something and they made it swing. Like, you lived teen movie life. I did. Oh, and man. I, maybe I'll dig up a picture. I think I've brought my... I might, yes, I'll dig up a picture. And it's oh, great. yeah. My high school boyfriend and I at one dance, like, learned a few swing dance moves and then pulled them out at the dance. Nice. So. I'm yeah. legitimately terrible at swing dancing or any music, any dance <laughs> that requires both a strong lead and a very fast <laughs> rhythm. So, like. <laughs> so, everything about swing. So, everything about swing was terrible. Allison and I took a, what, a salsa dance class, which was fun, but definitely a trial of the relationship, for sure. <laughs> I mean, even with my dance background, I do not like dancing with another person. Yeah, I, no, there's a, I, I stick to my corner. My corner is just belting it out, drunkenly at a bar with a microphone. So <laughs> I, I stick to my lane, uh, which like, has served I me know well. what I'm good at. Exactly. It, which did take me quite a while post-college until I figured that out. Was it Japan that like you started to slowly get more comfortable with it? I think so. I um, recorded an episode with uh, my oldest sister, Wendy, about our uh, lifelong experience with music. But we come from a big um, chorale tradition in terms of always singing in choirs. So like the concept of karaoke um, or like belting things out probably came much more from your end of high school, definitely in college in terms of like being in musicals and things like that. And like when you started drinking beer? Yeah, no, just, you know, <laughs> just a little bit of beer just really loosens up the vocal cords. Right. I did not start drinking until very, very late. So I feel I was not as silly and into things like karaoke at a younger age. Oh, well, I so. feel like you made up for lost time, I'm sure, when you were in Korea. Oh, yeah. I don't, I, I really like karaoke rooms. I really don't like karaoke bars. I could talk a whole episode about karaoke, <laughs> and I will. I will say I totally understand. There's a right time and a right place. Right. Where I feel like if you find a good karaoke bar that is more of a sing-along type atmosphere mm -hmm. um, that you can't quite capture maybe just in a small room with your friends, then it can become really magical. But yes, yeah. it can also be torturous, too. Yeah, I think it's just when, like, occasionally, there's some spots in Seattle where I feel like it's where, like, the singers of Seattle go. <laughs> so then I'm like, oh, God, like, they're all really, really good. <laughs> so. I do love um, doing karaoke with Matt Bishop of Hey Marseille uh, sometimes, because usually he'll bring, like, some of his indie song, singer-songwriter friends, and then yeah. it's hilarious. But they always choose indie or like weirder songs usually too <laughs> so it's it's a nice contrast of like talented people singing 
Maybe right. not the greatest karaoke songs, but still enjoyable. Yes. And then the more drunk people get, the less, even if you're a good singer, the less you can, like, manage. For sure. <laughs> Ugh. Blah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Well, first of all, I do want to say I am a little sad that Krista and I are not friends. Um, <laughs> but I always feel like, and I've said this before, both to Krista's face and to you, I always feel like there was a period in my life where Krista just always saw me when I was at, like the worst moments in terms of like me being really like under the influence and like doing terrible things, like usually at Cha Cha. And then, I was like, say on the hill, like. And for some, and I don't even know why, but like I might like my, my head would swivel. And then like there was a person that I'm like, I know this person. How do I know this person? <laughs> oh, it's Krista. Oh, it's Krista again. Krista, are you following me? You don't even live on Capitol Hill. <laughs> I do remember that because she would, I think it happened a lot while I was in Korea. And so she would, I'd get like a G chat or something that was like, saw Jason last night. Not sure what was going on. <laughs> no good. Saw Jason again at the cha-cha. Does he live there? Which is funny because then you were like, does she live there? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, Anyway, so I, yes, love Krista, uh, and I was just, um, was really impressed or surprised um, by, I guess, how intimate sometimes your podcast is. Like, I listened to, not quite finished, but episode 10, where you kind of chatted about a lot of things, and yeah. I, I'm just curious, as someone who I feel like is a pretty private person, um, I guess how you reconcile that with, like, doing, like, a podcast, or, like, who's this podcast audience that you're hoping to right. achieve? It's as an introverted person and like I'm always, I've always been a good listener, maybe not so much a good talker. <laughs> um, it was really hard at first, which is why I wanted subject matters. So I wanted it to be about, you know, a movie or a song or, or something tangible like that. Mm -hmm. And as you're doing it, especially with someone you've known for over 20 years, it can sometimes naturally come out. And it's weird because I am very cagey and, and guarded, but something just kind of lifts while you're doing that. Mm -hmm. um, however, there are moments where then the pod ends and my anxiety, and I just think for like three days about how I shouldn't have said something, how that was the wrong thing to say, was that funny? So, you know, it's a... <laughs> Up and down. <laughs> well, you get to tinker with it in post forever. <laughs> it is true. I have had to delete some things, but I'm not super good with um, audio editing. <laughs> <laughs> so occasionally you will hear like a really, really bad cut. Uh, who cares? drives me crazy, but I know most people probably don't even really notice it. I've definitely gotten more tuned just having listened to myself like and like kind of edits in like watching like comedies like The Good Place and like where you can tell where they're looping in ADR or they splice different scenes together from just the difference in sound quality. I'm like, oh, that, that line was not original. By the way, I've only watched the first season of The Good Place and I thought I was going to hate that show and I freaking love it. It is great. And season two is more bonkers. Highly encourage you watch it. It's awesome. I will do. Is it on anything like Hulu? It's on Hulu. Um, okay. Oh, actually, parts yeah. of it might not be, but I, 
have some cable thing where I can watch all of it, but I'm sure it'll hit um, Netflix eventually. Yeah. Oh man. It's so, I love, I just, it's so silly and weird and it's great. What I really love is that there are prominent, and this is a great segue, um, prominent people of color as leads playing against clear stereotypes. And I love it. I love that there is a dumb, SoCalish surfer bro, Asian Filipino American. Yes. Oh my gosh! Like the first time you hear him talk, you're just like, <laughs> oh my god. And you know, there's a couple different shows. Crazy Ex Girlfriend is one where I really appreciate the the people of color in that. And I think I don't know if I've talked to you about this. I never realized we were missing out on seeing people of color because you just never did. And so I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, I'm missing something. But then when I started seeing it, I was like, this is great. Like I'm seeing people who have stories like mine. I'm seeing people who look like me and they're not playing stereotypes. And turns out I was really missing this. <laughs> I, I, you know, I definitely, this is what I wanted to talk to you about when you were talking a little bit about identity and things like that in episode 10 about, you know, of your, you know, being half Korean or be definitely identifying as Asian American. Um, I, I, on my own reflection, when I think about Asian studies or being drawn to like, like anime or like you know, Hong Kong films, mm-hmm. I just put it together maybe a few years ago that I was kind of drawn to this, these things because they're in a, in a, in a sense, there were people that looked like me. And even though it wasn't like American culture, like these were like Asians that were funny or leads or stupid or like mm-hmm. action heroes that weren't doing martial arts, which is something that I don't think we really found when we were growing up. No, definitely not. Basically, Asian people were just like, oh, the scientist in Jurassic Park or like. <laughs> As starred by B.D. Wong, who visited University of Puget Sound. He signed yes. my book. B.D. Wong. Oh, man. Yeah, it's it's been very, very nice. And I watch Fresh Off the Boat, and it's it's not the, the best comedy out there, best show, but I do love seeing a full Asian family on TV. I agree, and I I like it a little bit. I, I might get a little bit more mileage out of it. Granted, they tell the story of a Taiwanese family, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of, like, Chinese-American, like, touchstones that... I, w- I wish my parents watched this film, but this <laughs> series, because there's just some very like specific Chinese American things that I cackle, I, like right. openly cackling about it. And their families, because isn't your family from kind of New Englandy, Jersey area? Yeah, my mom. They're supposed to be originally from DC. New York City-ish. Um, my mom grew up in Princeton. Dad grew up in New York City. So oh. yeah, they're definitely East Coast, East Coast. <laughs> Asians, Americans. <laughs> East Coast Asian. Yeah. I think I still, because my mom, since, does am I first generation? Because I'm the first one born here. It depends. Like Jap- the Japanese count it differently. Um, for Chinese, if you are born here, then you're first gen because um, your parents are immigrants. And oh. Japanese, Issei is literally first gen. So when right. you immigrate, you're Issei. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not sure how Koreans... I don't know how Koreans do it. (laughs) Um, Definitely, like, love seeing the kids just navigating school as the only Asian people, too. Just because it's weird, because I'm from Bellevue, which now is almost, I think it's now officially majority 
minority as of like as of like last year or as of like two years ago i think it's it's majority asian now okay so what, um, what was it like yeah when you were growing up it was just white mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like white with the occasional like japanese american kid mm-hmm. um but by the time i was in high school we started getting like parachute kids okay um because i think we were my high school was featured in newsweek as like one of the top 20 best high schools in america or something so then all these like Asian kids had these like rice rockets and no parents oh, no. and they would just smoke in the parking lot and, and stuff and, you know, get in state tuition at UW. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So okay. I went from like my childhood, never seeing anyone. And then of course, like people being like, your house stinks because kimchi is a stinky, delicious food. Um, to, yeah. To then it was like, oh, it was like FOB versus like the Asian American. And they were still two very different groups. Right. No, my uh, my parents have some really interesting uh, things about that. I think either my mom or my dad was head of the Chinese American Association. And so definitely this big divide about, you know, the FOBs, uh, which to my listeners, uh, if you're not hip, is fresh <laughs> off the boat. Um, or how my mom would like kind of turn up her nose at like the FOB um Chinese yeah. uh, students that hit on her. So it's just this kind of this weird divider or maybe just strong reminder of like, or unpleasant reminder of like, of immigrant or outsider status or maybe being confused. I, I don't know. Right. I remember this Korean girl in kind of late middle school, early high school. She told me I was a fake Asian and that I didn't count. And like, uh, mm-hmm. I was kind of heartbroken because I was like, no, I am Asian. <laughs> right, or I'm sure you've been called a banana, right? Yellow on the outside, white on the inside? Oh yeah, definitely. So. Yeah, there's all sorts of otherization, no matter where you are. <laughs> Did you find, as a, as a half, as half Korean, so um, for new listeners or people who don't listen to your podcast. So remind me, your your dad was from Alaska? No. My dad's from, he was from That's Kentucky. Right. That's right. He Did was you live, like- You lived a, in Alaska briefly? Yeah, I was born in Alaska. Gotcha, yes. And lived there off and on until my dad passed away when I was 14. So mm-hmm. my parents were divorced. So I spent summers in Alaska and then school in Bellevue. Gotcha. And your mom immigrated from Korea? Yes, she moved to America when she was 19. So actually, she's lived here a very long time. So she's basically an American at this point. Uh-huh. She's did lived she, here longer than there. <laughs> did she, does she consider herself American or does she still consider herself like, how does she identify herself? I think she identifies as Korean. I don't know what she, I don't know. I don't really know what she identifies as. But when she came to visit me in Korea and she was speaking Korean, people couldn't understand her because she had such an American accent when she spoke <laughs> Korean. But then my whole life, I've like made fun of my mom for having a Korean accent. So mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I guess she does speak with an American accent. Yeah. Wow. That brings me to my second segue. Uh, too. So I am super fascinated to chat about um, just briefly. So you taught English in Korea for a, a number of years? For a year and a half. I am curious how those Korean, and I might have asked you this before, I'm curious how both Koreans and the Korean students you worked with viewed you in terms of did they consider you American, Korean, some weird category? Was it weird for them to learn English from someone who kind of looked like them? 
Um, they, so initially no one knew I was Korean. Um, I guess I was like vaguely Asian enough that they, they couldn't quite pinpoint what I was. Mm -hmm. A lot of folks would ask me if I was from Uzbekistan or Mongolia. Oh yeah. Those Eurasians. Yeah. Yeah. And I, there was actually a girl in Korea. She was a teacher and she was Mongolian. Um, I think she like lived in Russia most of the time and she and I looked freakishly similar yeah. <laughs> to the point where occasionally in pictures I was like I wasn't there oh that's not me <laughs> and that was really confusing because I'd never really met anyone who I was like dang you look like me <laughs> um but my students once they found out I was half Korean sometimes I do think it was a little confusing for them because I mm -hmm. think they really wanted the like, you know, blonde American teacher. Right. But because I didn't speak any Korean, that was really helpful. Gotcha. Yeah. What about you? Like, what about in Japan? Great question. So, yes, I uh, taught uh, middle schoolers for a year through the JET program. And with that, um, I taught middle school students, uh, public middle school um, of a town of about 50,000 people, about hmm. 40 minutes outside of Osaka. So not... Super country, but not like in the city. <laughs> so um, they were all really initially confused, uh, usually because I would walk in. And I, I have found in my travels in East and Southeast Asia, just because I feel like there's a huge Southern Chinese diaspora that people just identify, I think, out of politeness or just because there are so many people that look like me scattered throughout Asia and South America uh, that they just default to whatever thing. So they think I'm Japanese or whatever country I'm in. And then clearly I open my mouth to introduce myself to this class. And it's super, you know, <laughs> the Seattle Pacific Northwest twang comes out and they're just like, literally there's like gasps usually <laughs> for these students. And some, some of my students that were like, funny and friendly would joke around and then like like oh show me your like passport or id and then like i would show it jokingly and then they'd freak out but like middle schoolers but so that <laughs> was hard it was i mean it was fine i think was what was harder was particularly navigating just outside of the school in terms of like being like shopping or trying to pay my bills or uh, trying to do whatever and then like looking Japanese mm -hmm. but like clearly not understanding so like they didn't yes. give me the patience or the instant like this person is a clearly a foreigner so let's <laughs> slow down a little bit I, um, yeah. that was my that was my problem too was it was not getting that patience and then people getting frustrated with me and then I being frustrated and I was explaining to someone like for a lot of folks if you looked lost some kind person would just come and help you. But if I looked lost, I was just an idiot. You know, like I wasn't, I didn't stand out. Whereas, you know, some of my friends, people were extra nice to them and people like would constantly come to their rescue. Like if something happened, whereas I, nothing, I'd get nothing. For sure. <laughs> and I feel like that was a double, like usually I was really envious in terms of like rock star status or like, you know, when I was studying abroad in Tokyo, like, you know, all the white kids were like super popular with like all the Japanese people. <laughs> of course. Or, like all the shopkeepers would be super nice and like give them free things. Um, on the flip side, and maybe I'm not sure if you had this, like I didn't stick out like a sore thumb. So in terms of like 
my clearly foreign friends like always being approached like for like free English lessons, you know, like just because people wanted to practice their English or being harassed by, you know, creepy old Japanese dudes or just being stared at a lot in the trains. Yeah. Which wasn't quite as bad because we were in Tokyo, which even back then, you know, 15, however many years ago, (laughs) there's still a lot of like foreigners in Tokyo. Yeah. But like if I, particularly if I put on my business suit for my internship and did not open my mouth, I could blend in in the crowds. Yeah, it is true. Yeah, there was definitely times where I was like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> right. On the whole, I'm like, eh, whatever. It, it is what it is. And I appreciate the cultural perspective of looking like everyone else. And I really yeah. appreciate the cultural perspective of my white friends of clearly not looking like right. everyone else. And it, it's a good experience because there are times when you are the one person who sticks out a lot. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Having dated someone from small town Idaho. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Or yes. Just keeping in the Tri-Cities. Yeah. Yeah. Not not a lot of. There's some really funny clippings that my mom saved from the newspaper of like legitimately the local newspaper interviewing her and like the two other Chinese families (laughs) in the time in the 70s about Chinese of the New Year. It's hilarious. Oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, there was this time, so the town that Lori, for those who don't know, that's my husband. It's a man, but he has a lady's name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the town he lives in is very, very white, mm-hmm. but it's next to Sandhurst, which is where the British Army trains. And they have, I think they're called Gurkhas. They're from in Nepal. Perth- oh, okay. Right. Okay. India or. So they're South, South Asian, right? They're Southeast Asian warrior type excellent fighter people Mm -hmm. and we were at this christmas party at this pub and there was no one there was not a white british person most of them were male they all kind of looked the same to me it can go the other way too guys um um, i remember like these two kind of southeast asian looking looking dudes like came and sat next to me because i was just sitting and they were like where are you from (laughs) oh, I'm from America. And then they like kept talking to me and Lori was like, they were probably so happy to see <laughs> another person that didn't look like everyone in that pub. And I was like, yeah, we have had a drink and and we went our, on our merry way. But I hadn't seen like another non-white person in a very long time, which huh. is weird. It feels weird. Was when you briefly you were briefly in london too right because you were doing something working i I did london in 2005 2006 for like a working holiday visa that's right and then i went to grad school in bristol which is about an hour and 40 minutes two hours train ride from london i assume london was more diverse oh yeah london was definitely my bristol is like a it's kind of like a seattle sized well a 2010 Seattle-sized city. Mm-hmm. Um, super cool, super hip, very hipstery. And then, of course, London, you see there's like a little Korea, there's little everything there, so you can find what you want. Gotcha. Yeah. But then it was always weird because it was just delightful to meet like Korean British people with British accents. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> this is cool. <laughs> 
I actually met a half Korean guy in Bristol who was like a friend of a friend. And then he had only grown up in England and actually had never traveled outside of England really. And so he had this really, really thick accent. But I was like, but you're half Korean. You're supposed to just be American like me. <laughs> it was fun. Well, I guess last, well, it doesn't have to be a last topic. Well, certainly if you have questions for me. Um, <laughs> Well, now that you brought up Lori, let's transition to that. So you happily married to, uh, if people don't know, a very, very UK looking person. <laughs> That's if you the close, polite way to put it. If you close your eyes and envision John Oliver, remove the glasses and like a little bit skinnier and obviously a lot younger, like <laughs> nah, maybe, maybe. So, right. <laughs> um, so in terms of, I guess being part of an interracial couple and then like a multicultural couple in terms of like yeah. being from a different country. Like what, how, how is that like? How is that like? I think, well, because I've always like, since I don't know when I've always been very interested in culture and communication and bridging across cultures and things, which is why I got my master's degree in intercultural communication. Because I was like, let me spend money to get educated on things that I kind of already know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I learned things, I'm sure. Um, so it, it kind of made sense I would end up with a foreigner um, just based on my love of travel. And I just, I love, I love hanging out with people who are different from myself Mm -hmm. um, to like learn how they do things, get their opinions. And Laurie is very different from me. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah I, oh, yes. I'm shaking my head very, it doesn't come across in the podcast, shaking my head very, very <laughs> um, myself being very introverted, but also like a nerdy theater kid. And he is like super sporty. He's doing Brazilian jujitsu now. What? Like no, four times have, a week. I have a baby and I drop off the face of the earth for a little bit. And then all these things happen. <laughs> It's, yeah, it, he does, he like works all day where he's a server and then he goes and fights for like an hour and then rides his bike home. So like the man is never not in motion. <laughs> I, I would love to sit down with him and just what, what would I, my podcast episode with Lori be about um, <laughs> UFC? I guess he's passionate about it. He used to write for Fox Sports Asia. Yeah. I am generally mystified about the allure of UFC, so I would love for him to tell me passionately be you know, about why I care about it. I've watched a lot more UFC than any human being <laughs> has to watch. I don't I don't really get it. Occasionally I'll see something I'm like, oh that's cool because it's I do like kung fu movies and martial art movies and like things like that, especially like the more humorous ones. And there mm -hmm. are times where they seem very cartoony, but then I'm like, oh, but they're actually hitting each other. Oh, <laughs> God. Um, and then he also watches football and baseball and soccer and <laughs> tennis, <laughs> biking. I mean, he watches everything. Um, oh my gosh, I forgot what you asked me. Uh, just how, <laughs> I mean, being part of a, a, a mixed race couple, oh, mixed culture yeah. couple, like what, do you have like a memorable time where like, you just realized that you had two like dramatically different experiences or viewpoints of the same thing. I'll give an example. Uh, Allison and I finally had a chance to like put Wes down uh, to sleep and we watched Get Out, which we both thought was awesome. But we yeah. have like, some very different takeaways or points or like interpreted oh. things really differently. Um, yeah. So like 
it just was a very small but recent example of like perceiving a movie very differently based off of our racial experience. Oh, interesting. You know, I mean, we probably had that same experience with Get Out. Mostly, yeah, I guess we probably did. I think for the most part, the biggest like differences is oftentimes the American Britishness. Right. Can be the most one at the forefront. And I, I don't know if that's partially because being only half Asian, I walk such a weird line between being Asian and not Asian. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always like navigating that identity. And sometimes I just kind of just stop thinking about it. <laughs> I'm like, I just got to stop thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we, on top of that, we've just had very, very different experiences growing up. And right. so there have been times where I've had to explain how, you know, I, I come from like a single parent household and we were very, very low income. And you he came from like a two parent household, middle class, like with a brother. And we've just have different exposure to things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and there's this like class difference in that because I was like, ah, oh, we lived in our car at one point. I didn't watch a lot of movies. So there's like these huge gaps in knowledge that I don't have from my childhood. And Lori can tell you, I mean, I don't know what's up with his memory, but he could tell you like lines from his favorite kids TV show. And I'm <laughs> like, we didn't have a TV. So like I didn't watch TV. And so And then like things like I didn't grow up playing board games. So it took me a really long time and you were there for part of me learning how to enjoy board games. Oh, I've regressed. (laughs) Like I just. You just can't do it. (laughs) Two board games. I would like drink a little bit instead. Right. Because like for me with board games, oftentimes I'd rather sit and chat. If it's a board game where you can chat and play, it's fine, but I don't want to chat about the board game. For sure. Or like, <laughs> I, I appreciate the structure of games or something like a podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, but just sometimes, are you, can you still hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. You're a little quieter though. Uh, I know. It's, I think the auto level was kicking in. Okay. Um, so I appreciate, I appreciate structure, but yes, board games just are like, too boring or I focus too much on winning which has its own problems <laughs> so I get super intense about winning oh, or I uh, then I or I purposely disengage from the board game out of to preserve friendships and yes. marriages and then the board game is boring <laughs> <So>. <laughs> does Allison play board games uh not as much like we probably haven't played it in a while but cranium is something where like it's kind of fun and things like yeah. that but nothing really competitive. Not too okay. But what about something like Catan? Will you play Catan? I she will play Catan. I uh, full confession have never played a game of Catan. Looks super boring. <laughs> it's actually one of the very few board games I can play. Okay. What, yeah. Why? Why would? You, why does it place in that category of um, games you can? One, stay? it's a short game. It mm-hmm. runs about ninety minutes. And you can still have conversation while you're playing because people's turns take a little while. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a super strategic person, so I've, ne- I've never even gotten close to winning Catan. But I don't know. There's something about the limited strategy I put into it. It's enough. It's like I can play enough for it to be fun, but like something like Risk makes me want to just die. 
<laughs> or Monopoly. Oh, like Monopoly. Oh, I hate Monopoly. Like, it's just so boring. It's really boring. And, and granted, if, apparently, if you actually play by the rules, it goes pretty fast. But, like, it's still, like, a really Yeah. Boring... I can do card games. Like, I like oh, yeah. hearts. Oh, hearts oh is we really... play hearts. Yeah, because hearts is, like, a strategy of, like, you think five minutes ahead, but that's all you need to think about. So you, Exactly. You know. Exactly. So I'm I'm cool with those games. And for me... Catan is kind of that, probably Lori hates how I play Catan. It probably <laughs> drives him crazy that I don't care that much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's just, you know what? That's just who I am. <laughs> I've never cared about competition and winning. <laughs> oh my. We how derailed very... from the initial conversation, but no, I, do, is, yeah. I do think that there are definitely times when it comes up, um, especially because I think, the, the race thing. I think oftentimes I might have a different kind of empathy for mm-hmm. something or um, I might relate differently than, than he would as a, you know, colonial pointy nosed <laughs> guy. <laughs> I'm like, you took over everything. You get no say. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah that's a that's a good card to play. Always keep in your back pocket. <laughs> colonialism. Colonialism. <laughs> I'm whipping out the colonialism card. <laughs> He's oh. like, but we were talking about where we were going to go to dinner. <laughs> and that's why we're not having Indian food. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I Ooh. do love Indian food. Oh, my goodness. Do you guys, like, now that you have Wes, are you guys making time to, like, go out and eat or do you order in? Like, have you been able to try anything new? Great question. Um, Cause I know you like food. I do like food. Uh, we have just started getting back into the swing of like occasionally making new recipes from home. Nice. Uh, Wes will at this point, knock on wood, uh, go to bed consistently around six, six thirty, and then we'll have dinner. Um, we'll occasionally have date nights where we'll go out and explore a little bit. Um, particularly when my folks come up to like help us out a little bit. Uh, so it's been kind of a dry spell just because we've all been busy. So, yeah. um, but they're coming up a little bit in April when my work gets really crazy. Oh, that's uh, good. So we hope to squeeze in some uh, more date night type things. What we have been able to do is we've done a little bit more um, exploring the South Seattle Georgetown Soto wine tasting scene. Oh, nice. Um, so that's been a lot of fun because they've opened up a ton of wine tasting rooms really? down south. Yeah. Hmm. So that's kind of are, what we do now. It's it's fun. Are they wines from like your area back home or? Yep. So a lot that you've already tasted. So probably the hot ones are, or ones that are opening up tons of rooms right now are from that Prosser area, which you and I have stopped by multiple times. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's kind of what we've been doing, uh, Allison, just joined a um wine club actually which uh is awesome because now we get free wine tastings there whenever we want <laughs> nice and we we definitely brought wes uh last week actually um and he chilled and we picked up allison's uh, wine box for that half year and drank a lot of wine it was <laughs> do you think your wine consumption has gone up since Wes or has it gone down? I would say our alcohol consumption on the whole has dramatically dropped. However, wine is probably held steady. So in terms of like, (laughs) like peak 30 Jason and Allison drinking wine, 
keep it at that levels, drop everything else. So no fancy okay. cocktails, like not nearly as much beers and things like that. Yeah. I mean, that's probably good because it's not good to, to like drink your frustrations or anything. So it sounds like it's staying a good Level. Yeah, I, you. I mean, you don't want to drink your frustrations away, and then you also don't want to do anything that will impact the on a good day five hours of sleep you get at night. So. <laughs> there you go. And drinking like now, I just do not. I get a headache from like two glasses of wine, so I have to be really careful. <laughs> no, why? Uh, if you drink too much, or if I go to bed and slightly buzzed, disrupts this the. the my five hours of sleep. Uh, caffeine I have to be extra vigilant about now. I can't have more. I, I definitely have coffee in the morning now, which I never used to do because I need to get- but Do you up. have a cutoff time now? You're like, can't drink it after three. Uh, hard stop is 2 p.m. 2 unless, p.m. Unless I've had a lot. If, if I skipped morning coffee and just did tea, then I can do slightly more caffeine mm. right around two. I do drink a lot of tea. And I think- part of my brain's like, but it's just tea. And then I realized, <laughs> but it's black tea. So I probably shouldn't be drinking as much of it as I am, but I don't drink coffee. So gotcha. it's my yeah. only stimulant. Yeah, no, I, I definitely am now. I never was, but now I definitely need my, um... <laughs> Sorry. there's this weird guy that sings really at the top of his lung down our alley. And he does it every night at about between seven to 10. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael, um, it's very weird. Like he just he sings full, full while he walks by, and Mikey hates it. So I do apologize for him. No worries. Definitely, I have mixed feelings about owning a house, having just repainted my house and replaced the roof in the last um, six months. <laughs> I have lots of strong feelings about house maintenance, but I do love that it's super quiet. Right. I do. I mean. Compared to when I lived on Capitol Hill, this apartment is crazy quiet because that apartment, my two apartments on Capitol Hill, like just drunk people constantly, doesn't matter what day of the week, you know, like just causing a ruckus and it'd be the middle of the night. And now if I was woken up in the middle of the night, I'd be so pissed. <laughs> get off my lawn. Yeah. Have you told anyone to get off your lawn? No, I did have, I did have neighbors um, try to like give away shit uh, on, since I, you know, I border the corner of a major street. Mm -hmm. um, they put it on my corner of the sidewalk and I literally walked it back in front of their house. And I'm like, don't put shit in my house because i don't want people like driving down that main thoroughfare and just dumping crap on like on my property right because yeah then you become like the weird junk house <laughs> yeah no and we don't definitely do not want that in this neighborhood um no ugh, which anyway <laughs> uh well i'm gonna start slowly start wrapping it up but i just to uh I am very excited. I definitely want to talk to you more. Uh, when I thought about it m more and more in terms of the things I wanted to talk to you about, I realized or emphasized kind of how we have, on a superficial level at least, traced um, separate, not <laughs> parallel paths, but very spookily like similar, similar. paths. In terms but I'm always like, because I'm a year younger than you, I'm always like, a year behind you uh to an extent i, I feel like extent. we've i feel like we've just done very similar things that some that have overlapped you've obviously diverged in the last 
few years, I feel like, um, mm-hmm. but like we've had some very similar right. experiences. And we're kind of in a similar field a bit. Yeah. <laughs> like it's kind of weird. So it's a little weird, but I am really excited to talk to you about those topics. I feel like to me, like describing what I do is really boring, but uh, I like bringing people onto the podcast that do similar things to me. Um, because what they do or me asking questions about what they do is a lot more interesting than me talking about a job I've done for over a decade. Right. And it's also like validating sometimes to hear like if they still really like their job, hearing another person be enthusiastic. Like, do you still watch movies with, because we both took the Japanese film class in college. Do you still think about some of the things you learned in that class when you watch film? Not as much as I would like to. I definitely have lost a lot of my critical eye and kind of a lot of the language when I was talking about film back in the day. And so I definitely miss that or I miss thinking really critically about film, particularly Mm -hmm. since there are so many more interesting people of color and diverse voices now making films, making interesting things through the medium of film. I would love to see how academia is catching up with that. Right. There's a really good podcast because one of the things I remember was I'd never really thought about like camera angles being part of the story and things Mm -hmm. like that. And of course, when you take a film class, like there's a point when you're like film is ruined for you. (laughs) Same with theater. Like after being a theater major, I don't like, I don't really go see theater that much (laughs) because I really don't enjoy it that much. Um, Occasionally I'll go see things. Hamilton was great, but um, there's this podcast called every frame a picture. Have Mm -hmm. you seen it? I have heard about it, but it's, it's a really interesting, the narrator person uh does a really good job of like breaking down like he does like a whole thing about jackie chan and um why fight sequences in his chinese movies versus the american movies how they work better and how the different like cuts work and how his fighting style needs to be filmed in a certain way but american filmmakers and just producers and things want to do these weird quick cuts and they want to get other people in the frame. And so it's like things like that. And he does another one that's really good where he basically, he's like, Vancouver, it's every city in the world. (laughs) Goes through and just goes through a shit ton of movies that were filmed in Vancouver. And then is like, they can turn Vancouver into any city. All they have to do is like these kinds of things. So it's just, it's fun. They're not super long, but the Jackie Chan one was really, really good. Awesome. I will add that to my thing, particularly when I'm doing a uh, just a touch of travel. So I will add that to my podcast. Yeah. Oh, it's a it's a, oh. on YouTube. It's a you have to you have to watch it. Uh, I guess I'll download <laughs> it to my iPad. Uh... Damn. <laughs> oh. All right. um, well, but it's about film, so you have to see the cuts and see the visuals. No, I totally understand. It's a visual medium, Jason. I know, but like when we're taking film classes back in the stone age like we had to read books watch screenshots and check out media from the library or if it was on reserve hold you had to sit in a media room at the library and watch a vhs <laughs> that's true that's true what was my last question what was your like favorite movie from that class like was there a movie in that class that just set you up for a love of asian film oh straight up uh and i actually just recently rebought this film on a criterion blu-ray tom popo 
Yes. I keep trying to make Lori watch that movie because I just think it's so wonderful. It is amazing. And if you watched it around the same time that I did, it was a really shitty um, VHS copy um, from Janice Films. I have a pristine Criterion Blu-ray that you are welcome to borrow or when Wes is five. Uh, you can <laughs> come over the age. <laughs> when he's five magically he can go to bed and by himself and we'll watch it but you are more than welcome when to he's five it. he's gonna be like hey dad i'm uh feeling beat just gonna <laughs> take myself upstairs <laughs> hit the sack hit the sack <laughs> yeah but tom popo awesome. i love it it is a beautiful blend i'm trying to get allison to watch it um to a beautiful blend of spaghetti westerns uh it's a movie about ramen <laughs> <laughs> which another food that I love and it just really encaptures like this really whimsical part of Japanese film that most people don't get to see yeah I think it's like the kind of whimsy of it that I I really I love film whimsy I'm like a huge Wes Anderson fan and I don't care that they're all the same damn movie (laughs) (laughs) I love them Nice. And that's the same with like I also really liked Kung Fu Hustle yes um and I it was it was whimsy in like a different way. It was very cartoonish and like, it was just fun. Yeah. And that used a lot of language of like some, I think like traditional Chinese like operas and like yeah. stuff, which would still came through really clearly. Right. Yeah. You know what movie? Oh gosh. Who was, oh no, not even tell a story. Cause now I can't even remember what the stupid movie was. <sighs> it was one of those movies where I think it was a Chinese movie maybe like Matt Damon or someone was in it. And I was like, why is this guy in this movie? It wasn't the like great the great wall movie. Was it the great wall? I feel like it was worse than the great wall. And I don't <sighs> think it was Ben. I don't think it was Matt Damon. I want to say it was like, um, John Cusack or someone was the oh, only white oh, guy oh, in oh, it. Oh, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I will. Oh, it was the worst thing I have, like, And they're, like, hunting monsters and stuff, right? And, like, John Cusack, Chinese monster. Yeah, so I, they're, like, on the edge, I don't know, like, maybe people from Europe and, and China are, like, meeting somewhere. I don't, I don't. Dragon Blade with Jackie Chan? Does that sound familiar? Yes. And Adrian Brody is in this film? What? That's it. Because I was like, what's Adrian Brody doing? Is John Cusack in that movie? He is. Okay. So Lori started watching it because we were like, oh, maybe it'll just be like bad good. But, you know, because like some some Asian movies can be like bad good. Um, No, just just bad. Bad, bad, bad. All around bad. (laughs) Because with that kind of movie, I want some good action. I want some good fight scenes. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't think I'd ever- Because the dialogue's pretty crappy. I'm trying to think of John Cusack in action films, and I'm thinking of- um, Say anything, pure action. (laughs) (laughs) Gross point blank. Um, Gross point blank. This one, he's the assassin going to his high school reunion. I really can't think of him. I just think of him in like high fidelity. Oh, no, he murders murders an assassin with a ballpoint pen in that one. Mm. Oh, if you haven't seen it, it's actually it's peak it late '90s quirky John Cusack. Um, it's Dan Aykroyd is like the main bad guy. Um, his sister Joan is in it, of course. Um, it's interesting. <laughs> I would definitely, if it pops up on Hulu, watch it. Go, I would watch it. You and Krista, it's it's peak '90s, so definitely you and Krista should watch it for a future episode. Gross point blank. 
We'll add it to the list. <laughs> clickety clack, clickety clack. <laughs> clickety clack. <laughs> awesome. Oh, man. Well, I feel like I could talk about so many more things, but it is also almost time for me to be in my jammies. I don't know. I am in my pajamas. So um, <laughs> thank you again for being on the podcast. Um, would you like to officially plug your podcast and then any upcoming projects? Yeah. Um, so please listen to Passing Notes in Class. It's kind of a nostalgia, friendship, 90s pop culture podcast. We do things like Alanis Morissette and Dawson's Creek. Um, our next episode is about NSYNC, yes. which was a band that Kristen and I absolutely adored in high school and one that I don't listen to now. So before we listen, before I did the pod, I listened to like an endless stream of NSYNC and that was really weird. <laughs> um, and I don't have any other projects, uh, no theatery things coming up. Don't know if I will in the near future. Cause like you were saying, when you have a job that's kind of hard and tiring, it's hard to get yourself to like go to rehearsal until midnight. Oh, oh, sorry. Like, <laughs> and just like, this is my stinky cheese face of like, that sounds terrible. It does. That's why I was doing a lot of staged readings. It was like absolutely just the right amount of commitment. Mm -hmm. And you got to have fun and you got to like act, but you didn't have to like spend time memorizing and you had like two rehearsals. <laughs> uh, oh, that, yes, I can get behind that now. Yeah, it oh. was perfect. So I'm like, there should, no one wants to go see a stage reading, but be, as an actor in a stage reading, delightful. <laughs> nice. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, I'm going to stop the recording now, but thank you again so much. And then I'm going to chat with you for like two more minutes about something fun that is not podcast related. Okay, thanks. Bye. If I can hit pause, record, stop recording. There it is. Thanks for listening to this episode. You can subscribe and rate this podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and on our host, Anchor FM. Music used for this podcast includes Live Wire by Steve Combs, With a Whimper by Josh Woodward, and Olivia by Heisen. You can email us at halfthefunpodcast at gmail.com and send us voicemails through the Anchor FM app. You can check out more photos and commentary about this episode on our website, halfthefun.fun. That's halfthefun.fun and like us on Facebook. Want to be on the show? Drop us a line. See you next week.